1: Good morning, New York Giants fans, Ed Valentine and Emily Iannacone of Big Blue View here with uh, what is becoming your weekly Monday morning therapy session as we talk about yet another New York Giants debacle. Just when when you think it's gotten as bad as it can get, it continues to get worse for these New York Giants. A 29-3 to loss on Sunday to a football team that's not even any good, the Chicago Bears. So uh, n- not much good to talk about this morning, uh, Emily. How are you doing? How are things? Hope, <laughs> hope, you, uh, hope you had a good new year, at least.
2: <laughs> yes, a good new year. And then we were promptly reminded of the struggles of last year, right from the very beginning yesterday. Another, I, another tough loss.
1: I had a thought right before we started the show. I think that the Giants should be required to go to church on Monday morning to, to <laughs> repent for their sins.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That seems only <laughs> fair. I, I mean, at least start the year off on the right foot. I mean, where go do to, you go from here?
1: Go go to confession, and, and Joe mm-hmm. Judge can Joe Judge can repent for his f bombs in his tirade last night, and,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
1: and and repent for coaching a bad football team, and and mm-hmm. and, and all that fun stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems only fair.
1: I don't even know where we go from here, Em. I mean, mm-hmm. I I know you suffered through the entire game
2: Ugh, yesterday.
1: Yes. I suffered through the entire game. I mean, wh- what is there to say?
2: There is really not much to say at this point. I mean the the game in this the status of the entire team was established from the very, very beginning from the opening drives. I mean, with the, um, with the interception on the second drive and then, and then the turnover on the first, there were four total turnovers in the game. It um, special teams mistakes. It, you couldn't, you didn't think it would be able to get any worse and then the last two minutes of the first half proved that it could. And, it really I, I mean we've seen some bad games this year for sure. And this was this was really particularly hard to watch. We sometimes with this with this team, we're out of it, you know, in the second half or the third quarter, the fourth, you know, we're no longer really competing. I this was the first game this season where we were out of it from the very first possession. And against a team, like you said,
1: that's not even really that good. I mean, so, the, Giants, the Giants were out of this game 18 seconds into this game.
2: 18 seconds,
1: yes. 18 seconds into this game, and it yes. was over. I yes. mean, we're beating a dead horse at this point to say Mike Glennon is a bad backup quarterback.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: Mike Glennon is a bad, atrocious, terrible, shouldn't be in the league NFL quarterback. Yeah. and what was what was really, really bad to me is you knew that the Giants knew it. I mean, for some crazy reason, Freddie Kitchens thought it was a good idea to go empty on the first play of the game and have him try to throw the ball down the field and i I rewatched that play and because at first I thought, well, he held the ball forever and ever and ever, which he did, but mm-hmm. I rewatched that play, and he had five wides. And he sent them all out on a pass pattern and he didn't give Glennon a single check down. Mm-hmm. He didn't give him anybody. He could just catch and throw the ball to. He had to stand there and wait for all of these routes. And I was like, Freddie, what on God's green earth are you possibly thinking? And yeah. and the game and the game was over after one play.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Just like that. It was established. <laughs> Uh, that the Giants were really going to to run the ball, which is something we heard, you know, Judge and the players talk about afterwards. Glennon had 11 pass attempts for 24 yards. We know that his his actual net passing yards on the game were negative yesterday because he he was he was tackled so much so much for loss in the game that it was just. I mean, it was embarrassing, and I know Glennon used that word to describe it as well. It was an embarrassing performance I we didn't know what the Giants were going to do at quarterback coming into this game I, and, and I'm not saying Jake Fromm is the future of the Giants but it was really hard to to watch someone that we know is just never going to be in a Giants uniform again try to do something with this team yesterday and just fall so so short that they're they're not even letting him throw the ball I And mean, you can go down 14 nothing in a game you have to pass the ball already you you're You've already kind of set that standard and and the Giants just didn't. they 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 stuck with the run game and and you know it was just a more poor and poor reflection on Glennon.
1: You lose by twenty six points and you throw eleven passes. You get sacked four times. I think Mike Glennon scrambled once or twice. So at most, you lose by 26 points and at most you have an effort to throw the ball 17 times. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's pop Warner kind of stuff. And, and I, I get the fact that, that the giants are playing without a bunch of wide receivers. And I get the fact that they're playing with, you know, with a mash unit of an offensive line,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. but you, you have to be able to come up with some sort of a plan that involves more than just handing the ball off. Bubble screens, slant passes, screens. Mm-hmm. Throw something, you know, do something. I mean, they, they had they had no plan other than, well, we're just going to hand the ball off and we give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, truly, truly. Like it's like you said, he didn't need to be throwing down the field on on deep passes. There just there just needed to be something, even if, even if, like you said, even if it were screens, even if it was just anything at all. I mean, we know that the Giants' receiving core is depleted. It was, I mean, really high. Kenny Galladay was in the game, of course. He he, we hardly knew he was there. But no, I mean, we know that there are a lot of injuries. We know that that was a weak spot for the giants coming into this judge talked about the, the weather forecast going into the game and the expected wins. And that was also leading to the decision to run more, but I mean, it was, they, they almost just stuck with something too much. And we've criticized the giants for that in the past, for not just having a game plan and sticking with it, but there, there needs to be balance and, and readjustment and see that, you know, we're, you're down 14 nothing 8 minutes into the game we're we're going to have to change this up a little bit if we have any chance at all and 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 they did not they went they lost 29 to 3 so
1: well you you could tell that they knew they were going to lose the game after a while and mm-hmm. and I think that that it was pretty obvious that they just felt like the the route to the least amount of embarrassment is to run the football, try to run out the clock, <laughs> and get this thing over with. Yeah, which yeah, the which the only good thing about it was it got the game over with. <laughs> true, true.
2: The game was faster, and you know maybe the only good thing is that Saquon Barkley had his best game of the season. He ran for over a hundred yards, and you know he spoke after the game about about what that meant to him to return to soldier field, the place where he suffered the ACL injury and to be able to come back and and turn in that type of performance. And we knew going into this game, how important it was for him to start these last two games of the season, even though they don't mean anything for a Giants team that was mathematically eliminated last week. So he spoke to that as, and you, and you can appreciate that. You know, he spoke to missing a lot of time due to injuries. And he said, why would I, someone who's, wanted to be on the field and not ha- had the chance to in the past, why would I pass up on this opportunity? And he did take advantage, him and, and, him and Booker, both, um, both had, you know, okay games relatively, but I think that's the small bright spot. And the fact that they had so many yards is just because the Giants were relying too much on the run game anyway. So it's two-sided, but it's a small, small bright spot.
1: Saquon was their best quarterback yesterday. Em, I think we've talked to, I think we've talked about the game enough. Yep. <laughs> but but we are definitely not done talking about this. And you know where we have to go. We have to go to Joe's 11 minute I don't know whether to call it a diatribe, call it a tirade, call it a rant, call it a speech, call it whatever you want. But I thought, you know, a few weeks ago, he set off this whole national thing when he answered one of my questions Mm -hmm. and took more than six minutes and close to 1700 words to answer that question. Well, last night, asked by Dan Duggan of The Athletic, why, you know, why? he should be believed, you know, when he says that, or why he believes he can turn this around, why he believes the Giants are are going in the right direction as a franchise. He took more than 11 minutes to answer a question. I mean, most head coach press conferences after games don't last 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. 11 plus minutes, Twenty six hundred and ninety one words I wouldn't have believed it if I wasn't on the call I wouldn't have believed it if it's not stored in my digital recorder Mm -hmm. or if I hadn't taken the transcript and totaled up the word count Mm -hmm. just unbelievable Um, do you have any comments any thoughts any takeaways from what he said
2: well, so my, my comments won't be as long as his, thankfully for everyone involved. I mean, even when I was looking at the, the transcript on, on the bear site first, I, I didn't know which question it was going to be yet. So I was just scrolling. And then I saw that there, were no, there was no bolded question at the top. And it was just his answer for pages and pages. And I was like, what's going on here what is going on in this in this answer i mean there is a lot to unpack i i mean it makes sense to move on from the game and we could we could talk about this answer the entire time um you know he spoke to the you know the the meetings he has with with players behind the scenes and he spoke to everyone's real desire to be there and that no one's talking about their scheduling golf trips or vacations, that everyone is fully fully in this and they know they have one more week of football to play and and that's important. And he, he talked about believing that he, they have a strong foundation and that he's, he said there's a number of things going in the right direction that we know are foundational things. Um, and he just he went on and on. He took a little shot at Pat Shermer. Um, he, he really went on and on. We can go on and on and on. About about the answer, but I think I think the length of his response will once again be the biggest story because the fact that he felt the need to talk for so long is 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 interesting in and of itself, and it makes you wonder what he was, who he was really trying to speak to at this point. Was he trying to convince people that he's deserving of of this job, that he should be coming back, that this is moving in the right direction? Um, it feels it felt a little bit like a plea of sorts.
1: Absolutely, I think you're you're on target there because a lot like the six minute answer he gave a few weeks ago, when you ask who was he talking to. My answer is he was talking to John Mara and Steve Tisch. I think he's absolutely talking to John Mara and Steve Tisch, and I absolutely think that 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 is a a desperate plea to keep his job. Mm-hmm. I think that I've said for weeks, Giants ownership wants to keep him. I mean that is what that is what was even being reported last week. They want to keep him. They believe in him. They think that he could be a great head coach eventually. The the problem is that he has to talk in circles about things that we can't see about things behind the scenes, getting better about, about he has to make this ridiculous claim about former giants players calling him and saying they wish they were still giants and current players who could be free agents, begging to come back next year which they probably are because half of them who are free agents might not be in the league next year if the Giants don't re-sign them so mm-hmm. so part of me can believe that mm-hmm. but but it's like he's it's like he's trying to convince himself that this isn't as bad as it is and and it just came off to me like a a desperate plea to John Mara to give him a third season
2: hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you and I were talking about this during the game with just the way the game was going, as we said, from the very beginning, it's it's difficult to have a performance like that and justify someone's return. And I know you and I said to each other mid game, there have been a lot of reports about Matt Nagy and about that being his his last game coaching the Bears. And his team played a lot better than than the Giants yesterday. And we already heard the reports about Judge coming back. So it was a strange, strange thing to see that this, this Bears coach might be gone and the Bears are playing much better than the Giants and Judge is expected to come back. I mean, maybe this long, long, long response by him was some awareness of, hey, I haven't really earned – this either i I mean maybe he is aware of that on some level i mean the results haven't haven't really justified his return and so maybe he's trying to speak to what's behind the scenes to to justify it because the on-field production obviously doesn't
1: no it doesn't and and there were you mentioned the shot that joe took at pat Shermer, and and there were there was not only a a not so veiled shot at Pat Shermer, in what Joe said, because he said the players admitted that they tapped out on you know that that a lot of the guys tapped out at the end of Shermer's time, which was kind of obvious when you watched it on the field, but when I when I parse his remarks and I don't want to parse everything he said and. But certain things he said, he talked about changing the way people think. And he talked about how hard that is. Mm -hmm. And when I read that remark, there is a veiled undertone of, I walked into an organization full of losers who think they're losers, who think like losers, who expect to lose. and." I have to try to change this. I'm not the loser. It's the the organization as a whole is the loser. And I haven't been able to change it yet. Mm -hmm. And, and and to be honest, there may be some truth in that, but I don't, I don't like it because it's, it, it sounds like the thing that he always talks about not doing, which is making excuses.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that, there's of course a chance that that that, that 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 is true. I mean, this Giants team has seen a lot of turnover in a really short period of time. So it's of course going to be difficult to establish a consistent mindset and a consistent identity. We we have talked about that. But also as as we've said with Judge, he this is no longer an extremely small sample size. To look at anymore. It's it's, in some ways it it feels like we've seen enough to at least know how this is how this is going for right now, and maybe judges, you know, head coach caliber material at some point, and he's just not there yet. I mean, I just I think there is an extent to which it takes time to turn a team's mindset and identity and focus around. But I I think you can just make the argument at that point that he's had that time he's already had that time to establish it and I mean of course we can't speak to mental fortitude it, especially if it doesn't result in on-field success but at this point even if the mental fortitude is stronger and he inherited a bad one then it's it's still it's still not making a difference at this point I mean like they're on they're on pace for a 13 lost season, only the second in franchise history. And this is this has reached historic proportions.
1: Sam, so. I, I I like Joe. I've said that before. I have enjoyed opportunities to talk to Joe. I think he's a knowledgeable guy. I think he knows football inside and out. I think he enjoys teaching football. Mm-hmm. But This is two years now. This is the end of a second year. And the one thing I've said over and over and over the last few weeks is the Giants desperately want to keep him. But he needs to show them something. And I've been saying that for weeks. And yet, what we see from a guy that that cut his coaching teeth on special teams is we see atrocious, mistake-ridden special teams play play. Mm -hmm. We see a lack of discipline on the field. We see a lack of attention to detail. We see a complete inability to put together a functional offensive game plan. And we see that week after week after week. And I know the quarterback is hurt. And I know that the situation with the offensive line and the wide receivers, but we see the same things week after week after week. And what we don't, what we don't see is any real, any real plan or any real recognition of a way to fix any of those things. And all of those things are a bad reflection on the head coach. And I keep saying it, he is not he has not done anything this year to to make you believe that that he's the guy going forward
2: no no that's that's ultimately what it comes down to we you know we've talked a lot on this podcast about how we know that the giants want to bring judge back and they desperately want to be right about him i mean it's just going to increasingly look like like a sillier and sillier decision by them and a, and a stubborn one at this point too. It's to just stick with what you know so much to the point that you're, you're really, you're really hurting the team. I mean, I it, the, the common platitude of actions speak louder than words really applies here. Judge can speak for 11 minutes and for so, so, so many words. And it, doesn't really resonate and won't really mean anything until it's translated to the field I mean he said yesterday I know we're a whole lot closer to where we're going than farther away
1: show me some evidence
2: that is not clear to me at all if anything it felt closer last year at this point in the season last year when actually going into the last game of the season we I mean the NFC East was terrible but we were actually competing for a playoff spot I, I mean, I know that's all relative, but there was there was meaning behind the games. You know, my, me and my family go to every game, and my grandfather said, "We're not going next week." It, he's like, "There's there's no reason to be at this game anymore." And that, I mean, this is these are fans that have these are fans that have been with the Giants for for a very very long time, and you it, it, it's you're just losing them a little bit. And Judge said that that fans have a right to be upset and to boo him. Of course. But I mean, at least at the end of last season, it felt like we were getting somewhere. It felt like we were, we were competing for something and it it just, it doesn't seem like we're, we're closer. It seems like, in fact, like the opposite of what we said, it seems like we're farther away.
1: Absolutely. And and you mentioned Sunday's season finale against Washington and I'm almost tempted to go to this game. You know, I, I, I do have a seat in the press box if I choose to use it. I'm almost, although we don't get a chance at this point because of COVID regulations and all of that, we don't get a chance to talk to the head coach in person or any of that. It's all done via Zoom at this point. I'm almost tempted to go just to see what it looks like and feels like in the stadium for the simple reason that we've seen a couple of games. The Dallas game where there were more Giants fans in the stadium than I thought there would be, but there were still an awful lot of Dallas Mm -hmm. fans, and that's why the stadium didn't look empty. The Philadelphia game, you know, same kind of deal. A lot of Eagles fans in the stadium. Washington football team fans don't even go to their home games, all right? Washington football fans don't even go to games in Landover, Maryland. No, There aren't going to be any Washington football team fans at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, or let's just say very, very few. There will be very, very few Giants fans in the stadium. I cannot imagine. This stadium holds, what, 78,000 people, something like that, I think.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I put the over under 20,000 people in the stands on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I put the over under under at twenty thousand, which which would you take?
2: Mm-hmm. I twenty. I don't know. I, <laughs> I. You're right because even Washington doesn't travel very well. I mean, yeah, maybe I would make it perhaps perhaps a little bit over over that but I, mm-hmm. I I don't really know I mean I would feel bad for those mm-hmm. 20,000 fans who did choose to attend honestly mm-hmm. I of course that's a small number relative to what the stadium can hold but I don't know why anyone would go I, I it's not and of course it's it's colder here. I, I have no idea why anyone would choose to sit at, in East Rutherford New Jersey on Sunday afternoon and watch this game. I, Even though it means something to Washington a little bit, who is not completely, you know, is, is, is at least performing a little bit better. Like you said, their fans don't travel well. We've we proven that we can't compete even against some of the bad teams in the league. So I, I don't know why anyone would go. I, I think that you're right, though. There's something curious about what that might feel like to be there and and the eeriness of it, or if there's any energy at all. Um, I think it will probably be embarrassing though for, for the giants and and kind of as it should be, you know, why would anyone?
1: Very, very true. Last, last sort of direct Joe judge topic. Now, you know how close I came on Sunday night to writing that Joe judge needs to be fired. And because I had you read what I was writing and I was, I was one sentence away from actually writing that. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I didn't write it is because I sort of have a long standing policy of trying not to, make what you might call an emotional decision or a rash decision or something like that immediately following a game, immediately following something that you see. And I will tell you, I'm glad that I did not type that sentence last night. And that does not mean that Ed Valentine thinks Joe Judge should be the head coach next year. That means that I land pretty much where Peter King landed in his football morning in America column. That means that I land in the place where we've said it over and over. Joe has offered no justification, no visible justification for coming back next year. The product on the field is terrible. That lands on his feet. It's undisciplined. It's, it has no plan. Uh, It's mistake riddled. I know that there's, there's, talent gaps there but you have to at least look like you have a plan but where Peter King landed is look the mistake that ownership made when they brought Dave Gettleman in was not that they brought Gettleman in although we can argue about that per se they had in their minds what they wanted they wanted Eli Manning to remain as quarterback. They were dead set on trying to send Eli Manning off with, if not a ring, with at least playoff appearances and send him off you know, on an upbeat note. Mm-hmm. They hired a general manager who was desperate enough to say to them, yes, I agree with that plan. I will work with that plan. I will go forward with that. Where I land with this right now is the Giants cannot go into this general manager search and say to the GM, you must keep Joe Judge. You must keep Daniel Jones. You come into the interview. You convince us what your plan is. If if we think you're the best candidate and you think Joe Judge is the right head coach, Will give that time, but if we think you're the best candidate, and you think you want Eric Bieniemy or you want someone else as your head coach, then that's what we need to do. We can. Where I'm at is Giants ownership cannot dictate any of who the coach is, who the quarterback is, who's going to remain in the front office. It can't dictate any of that at this point if they're being honest with themselves, they need to hire the best candidate and let him do what he thinks is right.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that is absolutely right. And, and well said, I think that the only way the giants are going to stop this repeating pattern of having to, you know, fire coaches, fire personnel, start all over again is by giving someone, whoever this new GM is, the control, I mean, by by telling Dave Gettleman, we need you to keep Eli Manning and we're going to hire you, but we're not really going to change the, the players and the personnel in which you can utilize. And the fact that he agreed to that, I mean, in retrospect, now, I, I feel like that's an immediate loss of respect. I think that the Giants need to go into, like you said, whatever the hiring process is And accept that if they really like a candidate and the candidate thinks that judge or Jones or whoever isn't the right option, then there's something to be said for that opinion and respecting it. Because whoever wants the best for this organization isn't just going to throw someone out just because they're going to do it because they think this is the best way to move forward. And the Giants are always going to get in their own way unless until they let whomever they hire actually make change and they they just need to let go a little bit at this point because this is a recurring pattern you can't hire people and then put guardrails on their decisions it's just that's not how you really get anywhere so I think I think that you're right that going into this into this process they they, we've always said they needed to be open-minded and you know and to cast a wide net but now I even feel like the questions they're asking and their things the things that they say in these interviews also need to remain very open-minded as far as who who is going to be the next coach or quarterback or whomever
1: for this Giants team yeah last thing about that am I talked to Dan Hatman of the Scouting Academy who's a former scout for the Giants and the Eagles last week Dan studies a lot of the the GM and front office hirings and 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 movement and all of that and what he said to me in retrospect, is exactly what played out with Dave Gettleman. When you put conditions, when you put parameters, when you say to a candidate, you have to accept A, B, or C, what you wind up with is someone taking the job who has no other option. And that's exactly what happened with Dave Gettleman in retrospect because There's not another franchise in the NFL that was going to give Dave Gettleman a second chance to be a GM. Mm -hmm. And you just cannot go down that road again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The,
1: The, the last thing I think we need to talk about M, real quick is, and it's another thing that came out of, of judges 11 minute answer last night. Although for me, it's not directly about Joe. He said, this isn't some clown show organization. Yeah. And and that tells me that Joe understands and that the organization understands how they're perceived. With the nonsense that went on last week, with the, the Twitter burner accounts and and PR director Pat Hanlon taking on former scouts publicly via Twitter. Yeah, what and, is that? And, and all of that. The Giants have become a clown show. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what they've become. And that is exactly why this hiring cycle is so critical.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. I think that's an important thing to bring up. And then another illustration of just how different this Giants team is from not only the teams of, of, of the past, but just the general Giants identity. I think we talked about that you know, last week too, that there are just always been certain things that the Giants could hang their hats on. And it just feels like week after week, we're losing more of those things, just the things that this organization, that the Mara family has built the team around that you could always rely on them for. And the the Twitter shows, like you said, that is something that the Giants have just never done, has never been part of this organization at all. And it's a small thing in the grand scheme, but it reflects a, a larger dysfunction. You, I mean, you have to think. So it's interesting that judges the awareness to kind of know how this team is being perceived. And it's a larger issue of how they're going to fix this perception, because this is it's really straight from what from what we know and was probably one of the greatest strengths of the Giants, especially in a New York media market. So it's. It'll be interesting how they move forward and how they dig themselves out of this one.
1: Yes, it will. And it's a proud organization with nothing to be proud of right now. And, and I don't know about you, but one more game, one more of these Monday therapy sessions and, uh, and then we can, and then we can, we can be done with that. We can see how the giants choose to move forward. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be happy when the games are done because at least that's one form of torture we won't have to deal with anymore.
2: <laughs> right. We won't have to endure. We can just start talking about how they're going to fix it.
1: <laughs> All right. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube or on your favorite podcast applications. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder.